never, ever marks this spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Dracarys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that wonders, what did they do with Rapunzel's hair afterwards? My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. <laughs> What's up, man? Um, uh, not not too much. You? How's your week been? Um, I don't know. It's uh, things have been weird. Um, I keep getting sucked into political, like just reading through political forums and stuff online, and it's not fun. <laughs> Yeah, stay away just from because that. of what's going. Yeah, just because of the things going on in the world, and uh, it's driving me crazy. So unfortunately, I haven't watched a lot. I did have one thing I wanted to mention, but uh, yeah, how about you? Anything exciting uh, you wanted to talk about this week before jumping into that? Or no, give me your. Not really. It's just been a regular week for me, and then weird stuffs going on in the world. So um, yeah, let's take a break from the nonsense in the world and talk fun stuff. And absolutely. Uh, um, nerd out for an hour or so. Um, and I know our listeners will appreciate that because no one wants to talk about that stuff. We'd rather talk about this fun stuff. Anyway, <laughs> um, what uh, to say your one piece so we can get our pol- people like it when you're topical. So get your one political thing out, out of your way. So what me? Yeah. Didn't you say you had one <laughs> thing to say? Oh, no, I said I watched one thing. <laughs> Sorry, oh. no, oh, I, <laughs> no I, I didn't want to I didn't want to take us into the realm of <laughs> politics. And I honestly oh. feel like our audience probably doesn't want us to do that either. No, and I don't think they do either. They uh, um, I thought you said you had one thing to say. And I'm like, yeah, get it out of your system. All right. Oh, no, no, I, w- I, I, I was basically saying I was wasting too much time reading nonsense about politics i haven't watched as much as i wanted to um the one thing i did watch was uh this movie the old guard on netflix have you heard of this uh no i have oh wait wait is that this is the the wallet go ahead is it the tom hanks one or is that something different no that's something different this is the uh charlie's theron one okay um and it's uh i don't want to say a lot about it but what i do want to say is that overall is a pretty good uh action movie like uh it i had a really good time with this one uh i can't say much because i don't want to spoil anything and if i say specific things about the plot i could spoil one of the best scenes in the whole movie (laughs) but uh basically this movie starts out and it has like it really has this sort of military, like special ops sort of uh, thriller feel to it. And it kind of continues going that way. But there's this huge um, fantasy element that comes into it. And it's kind of a twist. And that's what I don't want to spoil. But I'm just saying there it does go into this weird sort of fantasy sci-fi realm and it's really, really cool how it works out. Um, it's not really a, and the sort of fantasy elements in this movie aren't really, 
it's not a superhero movie, but the way that certain things work actually remind me of uh, a very popular superhero's powers. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to spoil anything. But maybe if you watch it, we can talk about it in the future and stuff. But uh, well, overall, this is Charlie Theron did anything remotely superhero. We got Hancock and that was a steaming pile. So, right. Was she in? Um, uh, it was that one movie, something blonde. Yeah. Atomic blonde. Yeah. <laughs> that was her. Was that like superhero esque or no? that was like spy espionage uh, action. OK, I, n- I never I never watched it. Um, I actually haven't. I don't know if I know a lot of people who've watched it, but uh, I don't it know looked <laughs> it looked like it might be kind of cool. But uh, no, this one is just. It's really it's really uh, it's just a fun action movie. And it's very uh, there's a lot of crazy choreography. There's a lot of crazy, like really fun, sort of gory scenes. Um, Overall, it's like just pretty badass and really fun. Uh, The last thing I'll say is just some of the fight scenes are a little ridiculous where things start to get a little impractical, you know, like when you watch a movie and somebody is in a fight scene and they do a flip and you're just like, well, in real life, wouldn't they just jump instead of doing a flip? <laughs> There's a little bit of that where I'm like, OK, some of this isn't practical. But overall, I still give this probably like a it's a pretty fun, like seven out of ten action movie sort of watch. So I just wanted to throw that one out there. Um, yeah. Did you watch anything new this week or anything you want to touch on? So. All right. So real quick, I have been I've been playing a lot of video games lately. That's been like my escape from the world. Um, and sometime around Thanksgiving, I decided I was going to replay the entire Kingdom Hearts saga from front to back. Um, it's 10 games. <laughs> um, oh, so you're talking entire, entire it, Kingdom Hearts it's saga. Entire, and I don't know. And I, and I was really like I was just kind of like bored around Thanksgiving and there wasn't much going on. And I was trying to stay away from people who were coming over that we told not to come over because it was COVID related stuff. And they're like, well, we're still going to stop by. And I'm like, I'll be in my room avoiding the family. Um, yeah. So um, I started Kingdom Hearts one and just just out of nostalgia. And then when that game was done, I was like, well, now I have to play Chain of Memories. And then I got to play uh, King. Uh, sorry. Uh, 368 and then I got to play Kingdom Hearts 2 and then it's Birth by Sleep and then so on and so on like I started like so now I'm about a third of the way through Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> which is the final game <laughs> uh, and those are like those are like 40 hours each so I put a lot of like time into video games for some reason lately I don't know what that's about um, that's cool though I feel like um so sorry just to comment because I I'm uh I played like the first kingdom hearts game. And that's, <laughs> that's like it. And I feel like there's, it's kind of cool. Cause a lot of those in between games for the kingdom Hearts series are uh, like portable games, right? Uh, some of them are portable games, but if you, but they released on Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, okay. That makes sense. They released them on those consoles. So it's like a bundled thing where you get like, it's like 1.5 and it's like the first game through like, the second game plus a bunch of the expansions. And then they have another one, which is like 2.8 prologue, which has got the other games. And then you play three. So it's like yeah. all laid out in an actual timeline order for you. Cause um, I was yeah, going to say, I feel like certain, I feel like there's kingdom hearts fans who have 
played all the games. And then there's uh, then there's like the next level down where they've played like the main console games. And that's about it. And then there's the rest of the people in the world like me who have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And I've just heard that the story is very all over the place and convoluted. But if you do play through all the games, you understand what's going on. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize you were that kind of kingdom hearts fan where you're probably in the know with everything where a lot of people (laughs) criticize the series for just not being able to decipher the plot i am that kind of kingdom hearts fan so i am in the know and i understand it even being a in the know fan that is one of the most complicated (laughs) storyline plots ever in the history of ever um i even play the uh the mobile game on your phone with yeah I'm hyper addicted to. I've been playing that for probably four years now, and they keep adding to it. So nice. That that's a lot of fun. I actually really enjoy that game. It's like the only game I play on my phone. Um, but anyway, so I've been doing that. Um, I was actually doing that before we started recording. I just got. I'm like up to the final boss of the Tangled World, and I was like, oh man, like I gotta go do a show. <laughs> um, I got to the save point, and I was like, all right, I'll just wait. Um, but the one thing I did watch um, this weekend was um, on Netflix. I watched the history of swear words. I saw that on there. Is this any good? Um, like so, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I saw that it was on there, right. and it looked so interesting. Here's what I'm, so here's what I'm going to say. This is it's six episodes. They're 20 minutes each, so it's very fast. Uh, you can knock it out in about three hours. Um, it's got a whole bunch of comedians talking about the swear words. And it's got some historians and people who work on the dictionaries and stuff like that talking about the history of the words and all that stuff. But it is hosted by Nicolas Cage. So, <laughs> so that alone, <laughs> that alone should make everyone go watch at the very least the first episode. But unfortunately, you're going to roll with it and end up watching the whole thing. Um, mm. It's really, really funny. Um, I found I was like, eh, let's give it a shot. And because I knew Nicolas Cage was hosting it, um, I fired up the first episode. The first episode is the F word. They start with the big one first. And um, it just made me go, oh, my God, that was hilarious. What's the next word? And then <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> so um, that's great. Yeah. And it does seem like it's something that uh, they have potential for plenty of more seasons, I'm sure, if they're just focusing on one word per episode. So, yeah, it's, it's literally one word per episode. And it's funny because there's some stuff where, like some people have heard this story. There's a very uh, popular uh, theory as to where the word came from, but it's all horseshit. This is the real <laughs> truth. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's um, pretty great. And then they talk about um, and they do a, do some movie line stuff too, like what actor said this word the most in the history of film and they give you stats on it. And then uh, when they got to the they have an episode on the word damn, which is like the the la- it's, I think it's the last episode as they cover the word damn. And they were talking about how um, in the movie Gone with the Wind, that famous line when he says at the, um, at the end of the movie, frankly, dear, I don't frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn that because of the censorship laws at the time that movie was made, they had to come up with like they had to write down, like, I think. 12 pages of potential lines to use that couldn't, that didn't work because they couldn't find the right word to use. But then Mm -hmm. 
the novel says I don't give a damn. So they ended up going to the censorship board and like filing an injunction lawsuit about like holding up historical accuracy to the uh, <laughs> to the novel. And that's why they got away with using that word. Um, I, I just I thought that was awesome because technically that would make the official that would make the original um, page to screen accuracy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. I was like, holy cow. So it was some of it's really like actually educational and some of it's like just hysterical and you'll laugh all the way through it. So that's great. I'm also uh, <laughs> I'm looking for like uh, the history of swear words season like 100 or something when they're, you know, they run out of words, but they're just scouring the catacombs of urban dictionary to find like what were, <laughs> what were people saying back in uh, right. 2019? What are some of these ridiculous phrases we could use? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really good. I seriously recommend checking it out. Nice. So, um, OK, so let's jump because that's all I got. So you ready to talk some news? Yeah, let's go for it. Good, because we got a lot of it. Um, all right. So first off, I have two stories that are very fast. Um, J, uh, Jeff Bezos is no longer the richest man in the world. Interesting. Um, Elon Musk now is the richest man in the world um, by one billion dollars. Um, okay. That's a big number to be over Jeff Bezos. <laughs> so um, I just thought that was interesting. That's it. <laughs> um all right. It yeah, that's that's a weird one. Keep going. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one, but it made me laugh when I saw it. So I was like, this is a very quick, hey, we got a new richest man in the world. Um all right, so here's actual fun news stories for us. Uh Green Arrow and the Canaries canceled. Did you know about this show? Uh no. Was this like a CW thing or Yeah. So the idea was if you watch the final season of Arrow, um Oliver Queen, sorry, spoilers for everybody. Oliver <laughs> Queen dies at, at the end of the series, and but his daughter um, is the new Green Arrow at the end of the series. And they were going to do a Green Arrow and the Canaries television show. So it was going to be the like Green Arrow and then the two Canaries. Um, and oh, it gonna nice. Like a, it was going to be like a female um, team show, and uh, they're pulling the plug on it. So I guess I don't know if it went the pi- – I don't know if it actually made it the pilot or not, but – it got the plug pulled. Um, Sad day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sex in the city is coming back. Um, <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I know. Well, this made me laugh, but it was also like I remember watching Sex in the City back when it was on. Um, the show is returning. Um, the only part it's going to be a one season show uh, returning to pick up where the show where the series left off. Uh, the only actor not returning will be um, Kim Cattrall, who played Samantha. And when I read that part of the news, it made me laugh because I remember the scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yep. <laughs> when, <laughs> when he's at the bar, just ordering drink after drink after drink and he gets the martini. And he's like, I'm Samantha. And. I remember laughing at that going, I wonder how many people didn't get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sex and the City is coming back. Um, all right. We have a ton of comic book stuff. We actually have a lot of Star oh, cool. Wars stuff, too. So let me see if I can piece this together in a way. So. All right. Uh, I'll hit this first. Um, Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. Um, is set to take place Thousands of years before The Hobbit, All right. uh, 
which makes me wonder because they've talked a lot about like recasting some of the characters. So um, listen to this. Amazon Studios' forthcoming series brings to screen for the very first time the heroic legend of the fable Second Age of the Middle-Earth History. This epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and will take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin, unlikely heroes were tested, hope hung by the finest of threads, and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover the world in darkness. Um, hold on a second. Uh, beginning in the time of, I had to change uh, screen. <laughs> beginning in the time of relative peace, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared emergence of evil to Middle Earth, from the darkest depths of the Misty Mountains to the majestic uh, forests of the elf capital of Linden, to the breathtaking island of Nurmar. To the forest reachers of the map, these kingdoms and characters will carve out the legacies that will live on long after they are gone. So that's the uh, story synopsis for the Amazon series. I mean, it, it sounds very epic. Um, well, I mean that literally. Like, it sounds like a very grand scale story, um, which they obviously are going to be able to pack a ton of seasons into the show. But uh, I know the Tolkien nerds are going to eat this stuff up and know exactly what's going on. And. I'm somebody who's going to just come in and not know anything, but I am looking forward to this. Uh, what were you going to say? What I was going to say was the non-Tolkien fans. So, like, I read Lord of the Rings. I read The Hobbit. Um, but the uh, but the part where it says the thousands of years before, I'm not that big of a Tolkien fan and don't know if I know enough about that far back. So when it yeah. talks about old characters but familiar characters i was like i don't know what that means um so i guess we're gonna find out so yeah exactly but yeah all right um let's see here you want to talk star wars dc or marvel i'll give you those options um let's do uh we could do dc and marvel first and then go on to star wars because maybe that would segue better into our list later in a Uh, weird way that sounds good. You want DC or Marvel first? Uh, let's do DC, I guess. Okay. There's less. There's more. Um, Marvel. Uh, Marvel. Anyway. Um, all right. So. Um, here we go. Okay. Let's talk about the bad news first. Um, there has been a lot of stuff going on the internet recently about Ray Fisher not being written out of the Flash. So mm-hmm. Cyborg was supposed to be part of the Flash film, completely being written out. Um, there's been a lot of, it's, it's all sounded like conjecture and like false rumors for a while. And then, um, we got this Ray Fisher confirms that cyborg has been written out of the DC movies, the flash. Um, uh, he basically, so in a long quote by the actor, Ray Fisher confirmed that Warner brothers has opted to write cyborg out of the upcoming flash film. Fisher goes on to say that if the end of my time as cyborg is the cost for help um, for helping to bring awareness to accountability to Walter Hamada's actions, I'll gladly pay for it. So basically, uh, Walter Hamada, who is the basically the head of the uh, division at Warner Brothers that's controlling this, is the reason that Ray Fisher's out because of the stink he created with Joss Whedon over what happened with Justice League. Which then led to us partially, which all led to the investigations on Joss Whedon, 
which booted Joss Whedon, which then we get the Snyder cut. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a big thing going on here. Um, the internet went nuts. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like there's tweets on the internet going, this is so disgusting and backwards. Um, this got Ray Fisher fired from the flash. Um, this got James Gunn hired by WB and rehired by Disney. Like it's like James Gunn did some of the same stuff. Disney fired him. WB picked him up to do suicide squad. Then Disney wanted him back. Like Ray Fisher pointed out problems and he got let go. Um, black actor was fired for calling out the DC films president for enabling racism in the workforce. Apparently not all black lives matter over there. Um, crazy stuff going on on the internet. I'm just, that's just a couple tweets and stuff that I was like, Whoa. Um, so it's a big shakeup, um, over at DC. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Hamada had a quote that basically when you boiled down the long text, he basically said, we can handle our, um, franchise just fine without cyborg. And I was like, wow, that's a statement. Um, this kind of makes me irritated and kind of saying, um, I don't know if Hamada should be a part of this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not just because of like that statement alone, but like, you look at companies like Disney, for example, who holds, holds the integrity of their characters so, so high on a pedestal that the character is what's important, not the making the money. Like, yeah, we all know Disney's in it for the money game. Everyone's in it for the money game. But they always back the characters because they mm -hmm. know the characters are what makes them the money. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what else. Do you have anything to add to this? I just it's a It's a tough one to talk about, so... Yeah, it is tough. I've uh, caught a little bit of wind of this story, but I haven't looked into it a ton. Um, but it, it does really suck. I feel like uh, Ray Fisher, um, he's somebody who's advocated for the Snyder Cut for so so long. Um, and he uh, I feel like without him, you know, we might not, you know, the Snyder Cut maybe never would have been possible. So it's really sad to see him get treated this way just for bringing up uh, concerns, you know, and calling people out. Um, I, it also sucks because I know that uh, Zack Snyder's talked about, I mean, we haven't seen his version of justice league yet, but he's talked about how um, cyborg was actually going to be like a central character to that story. Like cyborg was the most, if not one of, or one of the most, if not the most important character. So Zack Snyder really, wanted cyborg to be a huge part of the dceu going on and uh i mean I, I just like cyborg as a character a lot and i thought that version from what we've seen of it so far was really cool so i am really disappointed about this um like you said it's kind of hard to know what all to say um but yeah it's definitely really bad news i i think i don't even know you know everything yeah. i feel about this one yet but i feel like it's still kind of hasn't hit me completely yet. Cause like I said, I haven't looked into this one too much before <laughs> just hearing about it right now. And, and I would have looked into it more, but it was so, so much. And it was tweet after tweet, after tweet, after post, after post, it was just insane. And I was like, I can't even like, and that's why I just pulled a couple and just read them real quick because I was like, this is nuts. Um, let's see how this plays out. Let's see what goes on. Like, we need to know a little bit more about this. I think the internet basically took over like the internet took over in the way the internet usually does when it takes over. So yeah. um, there was, it wasn't like there was a lot of time to like 
yeah, I felt like I couldn't keep up with it. So I was like, I'm going to pull the story. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. I'll read some of these tweets that people are saying. Um, unfortunately, uh, Walter Hamada has signed a new contract, so he's going to be in charge till 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's see. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to more fun stuff in the DC world. Um, Martian Manhunter scenes have been confirmed for the Snyder cut. Um, nice. The uh, the actor, uh, one of the actors uh, in the show, uh, Henry Lennox, he was like one of the military generals. Um, he was in Batman vs Superman. He was in uh, he was in Man of Steel, but he was also in Batman vs Superman, and he was the general that was kind of feeding info to Lois Lane. Um, he apparently, according to Zack Snyder, was always the Martian Manhunter. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we're gonna. And he's come out and confirmed that he's actually that was always in the conversation and was has always known that. So um, but that's going to be a confirmed thing for Snyder Cut. So awesome. It's going to be cool to go back and watch uh, MOS and BVS and to have that in mind and just see, you know, how does that affect the story? Right. You know, while while knowing that that's really cool. That's going to be really cool to do. Yeah. Now we're done with DC News. Um, and before we go to Marvel, I spotted one that I somehow scrolled past by mistake. <laughs> um, so it's a off the shoot one. But you know how when you go on to Netflix and you scroll for a really long time before you actually settle on something to watch? Yes. OK, we're going to make it. Netflix is going to make it equally harder to do this um, because um, Netflix has announced that they are going to be releasing a new movie every week in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard about this. Yeah, every single week. And uh, it includes big budget blockbusters starring Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Regina King, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and a whole lot more. Uh, the DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence one's supposed to be releasing real soon. There's some uh, screen grabs for it that I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. So I kind of want to watch that one. I don't know what all's dropping. I haven't even looked at the list. I was just like one movie a week, and some of these are going to be huge. So I was like, whoa, that's that's going to be a lot to uh, keep track of. I actually did hear about this. Um, I actually was pretty excited. Um, Netflix movies, I feel like some of them are good. Some of them aren't so good. But a lot of times you just don't know what, you're, what to expect because uh, – I mean, Netflix has some big budget movies, but uh, back when Adam was the last episode of the show, Adam was on. He mentioned that a lot of Netflix movies are definitely like indie, you know, independent projects. And uh, I uh, I kind of appreciate that indie spirit and kind of weirdness that goes into a lot of Netflix things where some of it's just off the wall, just like you don't know what to expect. So I actually thought this I was actually pretty excited about this announcement. I'm like, okay, so potentially I'll have one new Netflix movie to watch every weekend of this year. Maybe not, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So let's talk some Marvel news. First off, uh, Kristen Ritter, who played Jessica Jones in the Jessica Jones series on Netflix mm-hmm. is rumored to be in talks to appear as Jessica Jones in the she Hulk series. Oh, cool. Um, this is cool. This is awesome. And when it says rumored to be in talks, when stuff hits the Internet and says rumored, I'm going to remind everyone again, it usually turns out to be true. Yeah. So let's assume it's true. And again, I'm going to say that one more time. Let's assume that it's true. That means they've taken a Netflix character from a show from the Netflix series and are resurrecting it. 
um, which would lend credence to the fact that we've heard rumors about Charlie Cox's Daredevil appearing in the Spider-Man 3 film. Um, so this could be really kind of cool to see those characters return in a different way. Um, I don't necessarily know if you have to go back and watch the Jessica Jones series to understand what's going on when she makes her appearance in the She-Hulk series. Not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, um, since we're on the news of the series, um, let's talk about this real quick. Okay. Um, WandaVision starts this week. Um, so Friday I will be plopping down to watch WandaVision. I can't wait. Um, WandaVision will be six episodes, sorry, 12 episodes, uh, half an hour each. Um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be six hour, six episodes, an hour each. Um, from I don't remember what the runtime on uh, She-Hulk was, but they announced some of the runtimes for these shows. So what it's basically looking at is each television show, no matter what the runtime is, is going to equal out to uh, roughly about six hours. Um, so I thought I just thought that was kind of an interesting uh, point. So um, I can't wait for WandaVision. Looks fantastic. I'm really excited to sit down tomorrow and watch it. Um, but I thought I'd point that out that it looks like they're all rolling out to be like that. And are the, the Marvel shows, are they going to be on the same sort of Mandalorian release schedule, like one episode a week? Uh, sounds like it. Because the oh, ultimate the ultimate plan of that is think about this. Netflix drops a show and they give you the whole season. Netflix yeah. has so much stuff to sit and watch. It kind of doesn't matter. Not that Disney doesn't have the content. But what Disney's doing is we're going to give you an episode this week and we're going to give you an episode next week as well. But it's going to make you come back. And if the Mandalorian has proven anything, it has made us all come back. So. Disney's I think Disney's doing it right in that sense. Um, DC on the DC Universe app did that. And that's how uh, they were handling the shows like Titans. They were doing it one episode a week because they wanted yeah. you to come back. So that model works. And everyone knows that model works because television has existed for how long under that model. So, um, yeah, I actually appreciate it because, uh, you know, in a world of binging, it's nice to still have that weekly you know water cooler talk you know where you can only watch one episode and then talk to all your friends and then wait to see the next thing i actually kind of appreciate that i would rather watch a show week to week and talk about it at work with friends or like in passing at the store like dude i like you bump into someone at jewel like dude did you watch mandalorian this week you know what i mean like that's ultimately i'd rather do that than have you watched it yet no, we're only we haven't finished the season. Great. I can't talk to you until you finish it. You know, like it's <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've that, done that with most Stranger Things seasons. Like I'll I'll get through it in a weekend and then I feel like I have to wait like a week or two before the people around me have actually watched the show yet. <laughs> right. And you're just like, will you hurry up and watch the show? Oh, exactly. Good, it's fine. It's there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Marvel. Another Marvel news, uh, Secret Invasion. Yeah, um, is going to be a television is, is the is one of the series on Disney Plus. Um, Kevin Feige revealed that the Disney Plus series Secret Invasion won't have a massive ensemble cast. Instead, highlighting Nick Fury and Talos as two characters investigating a cosmic conspiracy. So. Where everyone thought it was going to be very uh giant cast like Avengers because we're talking secret invasion. 
I wonder if Secret Invasion is going to be a little bit backdoor for the sake of doing a big budget Avengers size movie later. Personally, that's what I think is going to end up happening. Like they'll lay the groundwork for the big thing later. Um, and you got to remember that if we're dealing with scrolls and we have a Fantastic Four movie coming, that means there could be a Super Scroll thing coming in the Fantastic Four movie, which would also lead back to Secret Invasion because we're dealing with scrolls. I'm just speculating. <laughs> um, no, you're you're probably right. Um, uh, sorry, I didn't want to. No, it's, you, it's OK. I'm just I, that was all speculation. So, yeah, I just think it's uh, it's kind of cool because, um, you know, huge action set pieces and huge budget things aren't always the stories that stick with you most. You know, it's really cool to see that. But it is kind of cool to get a like it sounds like more of a mysterious detective story into the sort of uh yeah like this secret asian alien invasion um conspiracy like that kind that sounds like a pretty cool show to watch so i'm excited about that too you know um we're gonna be getting huge casts and action and spectacle and a lot of other marvel shows and movies so i i think it sounds pretty cool so far yeah uh me too um so i'm Either way, I'm down for all of this. The Mandalorian proved a lot in terms of Disney. And I know Mandalorian is made by Lucasfilm and, you know, the Marvel films are going to be made by Marvel. But Marvel's proven themselves. I can't wait to see what they do with the show aspect of it with WandaVision. Um, Since we're talking about the shows, I'm going to remind everybody that this could be really goofy. When we talk about um, when we talk about what order to watch the Marvel films in. This gets weird because people start talking about that. Sometimes they want to put uh, Captain America at the very beginning. Sometimes they want to put you know they want to go Captain America. Then they want to go um, Captain Marvel, then Iron Man. Then you know what I mean? They want to jump around the order a little bit. Um, All I did was pay real close attention to dialogue cues and the bonus scenes. Like if you watch if you watch Captain Marvel before Iron Man one, the bonus scene at the end of the credits doesn't make any sense unless you've seen all the other movies. So um, in the order you watch them, is, I think is kind of important. But I want everyone to understand that WandaVision is going to kick off phase four of the Marvel MCU. OK, it was supposed to be Black Widow. And then Captain and then uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we're skipping over those because they're not like we can't release Black Widow yet because it's a movie and they're arguing over theater stuff. And Falcon Winter Soldier is not ready to be released because it's not finished. So we're going right to WandaVision. Do you see what I'm saying? The other the other two Falcon Winter Soldier and Black Widow might actually take place prior to. And that might be a lead in. You know what I mean? Like it could be a weird oh, I should be watching that first. So pay attention to where you're supposed to be watching stuff. Like we're going to be making spreadsheets and diagrams of straws soon. Um, <laughs> but um, I just wanted to bring that up because it, I think it's going to get complicated as these shows like land in. Like where do we watch stuff? Do we watch three episodes of this show and then go watch this movie and then go back and finish the show? That's where it could get really complicated. And where as a Marvel fan, I'm going to go watch every movie in the theater. Here we go. Next movie. It's the next episode of my favorite television show, that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But now we're going to throw in shows and the way they are talking about how it's going to be interlaced. It makes me wonder if you're not going to be able to understand 
certain things unless you watched all of it, which kind of isolates some of the average goers because some people are like, yeah, I never got a chance to watch that show. And then they're going to go into the theater or try and watch the next movie and they're going to go, wait, what's going on? You know what I mean? So that's true. But it also there is an element of just uh, I don't know. That's kind of a lot like reading comic books, though, because with like DC and Marvel comics, there's so many characters and so many storylines and it's really hard to, uh, you know, read everything that comes out. So often you'll be reading like through a comic book series and they'll mention something or somebody will show up and you're just like, I don't know who that is. And then you have to turn to the internet and Wikipedia and kind of fill in gaps. And it sounds like, or read the footnote at the bottom of the page and go, Oh, I got to get that book to read that. Exactly. And it sounds like the Marvel movies are kind of starting to be that. Um, And it's good. Like, I feel like with any entertainment, um, any piece of entertainment, it's good to be a completionist. It's good to watch everything. But if these uh, movie universes keep going, you know, like. A hundred years from now, if we're still getting MCU movies, it's going to be really hard to do that. And you might have to do what a lot of people do with comics, where you just jump onto a storyline when you can and you just kind of have to fill in the gaps as you go. And there's nothing wrong with doing that either. There's nothing Um, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because that's how the very first Star Wars movie was. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, The other thing I was going to say, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned Star Wars, is when in doubt, you can always, I guess, trust uh, release order when trying to figure out when to watch things. But I know that gets uh, iffy when you talk about different series. But uh, yeah, I don't know. With Marvel, it's usually best to follow release order. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's move on. We got a lot to cover still, and we're running longer than (laughs) I thought. So, okay. Uh, Deadpool 3 confirmed for Marvel for the MCU, um, and it will be rated R. Oh, nice. That's that's what everybody was worried about. So that's yep. great. Kevin Feige confirmed uh, Deadpool is coming and the third Deadpool film will be rated R. So if I had to put money on it, the Deadpool standalone films will be R rated. The Deadpool crossover into like Avengers or that kind of stuff will probably end up being PG-13. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, OK, I'm going to come back to that one in a minute because it made me laugh. Um, Chris Evans may return to the MCU as Captain America. Uh, right. <laughs> Chris Evans is reportedly in talks with Marvel Studios to reprise his role as Captain America in the MCU, likely as a guest appearance in one or two movies instead of a starring role. My guess, if I had to pick anything, it's going to be like it, they could do this as a, because he's old Steve in Endgame. It's probably going to be like a flashback. It could be a time travel thing or, you know, Loki. it could be Loki. It could be I'm not going to a multiverse situation um, because, oh, good because point. what's going on with Spider-Man. So um, we don't know yet, but I just thought that was cool that he looks like he's coming back. Yeah, that's uh, great. This is the one that made me chuckle. We've been talking a lot about Spider-Man rumors about crossovers and Tobey Maguire coming back and Andrew Garfield coming back and Kristen Dunst and Emma Stone and bringing in all these actors from the other franchises to create the basically a live action Spider-Verse. Kevin Feige addresses rumors regarding Spider-Man 3 casting and the Spider-Man multiverse. Over the over the weekend, Kevin Feige confirmed that some of the speculation is shockingly close. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs> End quote. 
That's hilarious. Um, made me laugh. So it's just like people can speculate all they want, and he, they're all, you know someone at Marvel's like, damn it. <laughs> so. Well, right. I know I heard uh, I heard I saw like the tweet or something recently where James Gunn admitted that his uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy two Stan Lee cameo where it reveals that Stan Lee is a watcher. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said he got that from like an online forum or somebody on Twitter or something like that. So, right. <laughs> I thought right. that was funny, too. But um, all right, let's talk about Star Wars and then we'll hit the list for the night. Uh, OK, cool. OK. Back in the day, uh, Lucasfilm had a video game division called LucasArts. Um, yeah. And they had uh, they put out a lot of like really amazing games. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, the Dark Forces franchise. Um, the uh, I think, yeah, the Force Unleashed games fell into the LucasArts banner. There was some really cool stuff that came out of that series. Um, Lucasfilm, right before the Disney merger... Like right around the time the Disney merger was happening, they shut down the LucasArts division and they signed contracts with EA uh, to do Star Wars games. Well, when LucasArts basically closed shop, um, the games were being made by someone else and they weren't and they've gotten mixed reviews and all that nonsense. Um, Breaking news, Lucasfilm is creating a whole new games division again. Um, and it is title and it's going to be called Lucasfilm games. Um, nice. That's awesome. So, um, has revealed that, uh, Lucasfilm games is now the official identity for all gaming titles from Lucasfilm, a name that encompasses the company's rich lo- uh, catalog of video games and its eye towards the future. Um, this is where it gets cool. Like I thought that was awesome that they're going to be doing that. And it kind of made me nostalgic for stuff. This is where the announcements got really really exciting okay um they're still going to be handling projects with ea so ea still will be making games and they'll be using other developers as well so um they haven't said what ea is doing um but they're going to be announcing more projects over the course of the year here's the two big ones that got me really really excited first off um there is going to be an open world Star Wars game that's currently in development at Ubisoft. Uh, nice. Ubisoft is known for like the Tom Clancy games, like the Ghost Recon, Splinter Cell. Uh, they're also known for Assassin's Creed, which is a very open world uh, game. Um, Ubisoft Massive, the developers behind The Division, are working on a story-driven open world Star Wars game. Um and it apparently it marks the start of a long term collaboration from Disney. So it sounds like this has been on the ground in the works for a very long time. Um, I loved the division games. Uh, they were fantastic. I put in a lot of hours. I played more division two than I played the first the first one. But they're specifically using the dev team from division two. Um, I'm really excited for this just to have an open world game. It just sounds great. That's um, great. <laughs> the the one that got me really excited was Bethesda, who is makes uh, the Elder Scrolls series. They made the Doom games. They made Fallout. Um, they announced that they are working on an open world Indiana Jones game. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and uh, Todd Howard, who is the um, executive producer of both Fallout and Elder Scrolls, will be overseeing the Indiana Jones game. And knowing he worked on those two titles makes me really excited. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so I just it's amazing that we're moving into a world where stuff like that's happening. And um, I got really excited about the Indiana Jones and then the open world Star Wars. So it sounds like uh, I'm going to be spending more time in front of the Xbox. Than I thought I was. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but, dude, that is it for the news. Awesome. So unless you wanted to add anything on the uh, those video games, I, you know, where you can move on to the list. So I think I think it all just sounds really great. Um, I don't I don't play a ton of video games, so I don't know if I'll actually play them, but I look forward to seeing what comes from it because I always like to I like to keep up to date on video games. I just don't find the time to play them a ton, but I always love to see what uh, comes out and see. uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, you want to do the list? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. All right. Well, Ryan, it is list time. So uh, you know what to do, man. Uh, Roll the thing. And now for the top five. So, Peter, my idea for this list was really I was watching the news and all the crazy stuff going on. And I thought to myself, let's talk about the future. (laughs) And then it made me think to myself, oh, yeah, movies set in the future. We've never really done that. So I wasn't thinking time travel. I was actually thinking movies set in the future. So when I looked this up, when I was looking at lists of movies that take place in the future, when Back to the Future 2 came up on the list when I did the Google search, I was like, you know what? That one doesn't count because essentially it's a time travel movie. Yes, it has a sequence that's in the future, but ultimately it's a time travel film. So I scratched that off the list. So all the movies I have on my list are specifically focused on a future reality. Okay. I don't know Um, if you went a different route. I just that's what I kind of looked at. So mine is uh, mostly that Um, there's a couple choices that might um, might not exactly fit uh the like the whole movie focusing on the future but what i actually tried to do is i tried to find uh movies that i i these are like my favorite futuristic movies but i try to find movies that the whole futuristic setting um there is something that i really liked or admired about that um and some of the movies are dystopian some of them are actually really cool futuristic environments but i kind of it was the future element I focused on as opposed to this is a really good story that just happens to be set in the future, if that makes sense. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Right. But that's about it. I have two <clears throat> honorable mentions. I don't know about how, about uh, you. So did I. And I did a lot of extra homework on my movies. So um, oh, wow. okay. when I say extra homework, I know the time period in which all of them take place. OK, so um yeah. All right. So this was my pick. So your first honorable mention, because I have two as well. Yeah. So my first one I went with, uh, I actually talked about this movie on the show pretty recently, and that is Alita, Alita Battle Angel. Um, and this is one just where it just it's just a really cool environment. Uh, all the future tech and the robots and kind of uh, even though there are, you know, those sort of dystopian elements, like there's a weird like class divide in this world that it's set in and everything like that. But I mean, just some of the action scenes with Alita fighting different robots and cyborgs and a lot of the like the whole like 
murder ball or motor ball. I can't remember what it's called, it's, but uh, that stuff. It's motor ball. Yeah, that that stuff uh, just looks so fun. And it's just that's the sort of thing where I was just like, I really want to be in that environment. So I, that's why I went with this one. Uh, I don't have too much to say about it. Besides that, like I said, we just talked about this like I feel like a month ago or so. I can't right, or I guess try. it was the robot movies list. So try and keep up with your list. Alita, the battle battle angel battle angel battle angel yes. is set in uh, twenty five sixty three. Oh, <laughs> OK. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep I'm going to try and keep up with you. So. Um, all right. So my first movie to talk about is the movie Idiocracy. OK, we uh, actually matched on this one. That was my right. next honorable mention. It so. Is. Okay. Um, so Idiocracy is essentially it's a guy who wakes up in the future from a cryogenic uh, mistake from a military program. And the movie is essentially a ridiculous um, look at what the future is actually going to be. And if you take a look around the world, if you watch the movie and then go outside and actually just take a look around and pay attention to how people talk and what they're doing with their phones and things they watch on television, we're already there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's sad. It's scary, scary as hell. And then you look at the politics you look at politics today and then you look at politics in the movie and we're already there. Like it's really messed up and weird. So um, I highly recommend everyone watch it because the movie's kind of funny, but it's also really depressing at the same time because I don't think when Mike judge made the movie, he was intending to be that close of a social commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was intending or not, but he did na nail it. And uh, I guess only time will tell how many more predictions of that movie become true. But uh, right. I just think this movie has such a clever premise and it is really funny, even though like there is like this sort of uh, deep down sense of dread you have, you know, <laughs> in the back of your mind while watching the movie. It is a really, really clever and really, really funny movie. So definitely everybody check it out if you haven't had the chance. Yes. And Idiocracy takes place in the year twenty five oh five. All right, then. Yeah. Sorry. I have all the years for all my movies. So I, I no, that's, up, that's like, funny. Yeah. I, I wish I would have cool thought of that. All. Um, all right. So my next honorable mention is Demolition Man. Nice. Uh, this made my short list. This this movie is so much fun. Always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything about this movie is just fun and exciting. And it just makes me happy to watch. Um, it's such a good like action film with Stallone and Wesley Snipes. And um, it's essentially the. The bad guy gets put into cryostasis in the past. He gets released into the wild in the future. So it's not really a time travel movie because they were, you know, in cryostasis. So they have to thaw out the cop that brought him in to go catch him. So the movie takes place entirely in the future setting. It's just absolutely fun. And everyone needs to see this movie. But um, and it also takes place in 2032. So we're not far off. <laughs> yeah, 12 more years or 11 more years. 11 more years and we'll be in Demolition Man time frame. <laughs> so and if you look at some of the things in Demolition Man, when you think about like COVID and stuff, where like we can't shake hands anymore, for example. Um, yeah. Demolition Man, they outlaw physical contact due to too many diseases. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just an interesting piece. So, all right. Uh, what's your yeah. what's your first actual pick of the night? <laughs> Okay, my first actual pick is a movie um, we've talked about a ton 
Uh, but I went with The Matrix. Um, I just Uh-oh. like this movie a lot, so it had to make my list. But we've talked so much about The Matrix on the show. I don't know if I have to say too much, but you, I you do. Don't. Um, I will say I'm going to interrupt you real quick. It takes place in the year 2199. OK, nice. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I do really appreciate how um, The Matrix has it has both that like post-apocalyptic sort of uh you know, world ruled ruled by machines, which is the real world. And it's very uh, scary and creepy. And then it also has the Matrix, which is like your normal uh, 1997, I believe it was landscape. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's kind of a cool juxtaposition. And of course, I love the uh, I, I love the sort of, uh, you know, when you know you're in the Matrix and you can and you believe you can do anything. I love that aspect. I think um I guess I'm just trying to point out like the futuristic aspects of each movie that I like. But uh, yeah, like I said, we've talked about this one a ton. <laughs> so Right. Um, yeah. So The Matrix was your first pick. Yes. Sorry, I was clicking through some stuff. I'm trying to keep up here. Um, all right. So my first actual pick of the night is a anime uh, called Appleseed. Oh, um, have, cool. you ever, have you ever seen this? I've never watched this. OK, this takes place in the year 2131. Um, it's the story is really complicated, but what drew me to this was the art style and, um, like with the partial machine human, like war thing going on, like it just seemed really kind of a cool, um, concept when I was just looking at, like when I watched the trailer, I'm like, this looks cool. I'll watch this. And I ended up really like kind of becoming very invested with it. Um, there's a television series for it. I have not watched the series, but I have watched all three of the Appleseed films. They're all fantastic. Um, I really recommend watching them. The second one might actually be my favorite, but I was really kind of blown away about the sometimes anime does this thing where um, because they'll do these very heavy dialogue sequences. And um, I find myself getting bored during those sometimes um, because you're basically trying to watch a cartoon emote um, where anime can be very stagnant in terms of the animation because they're just trying to basically pump out a story in a way. This series had a very well balance of action versus story. Um, so I never felt like I was bored at any moment in the story ever, um, which I'm not saying I get bored with anime. I'm just saying sometimes anime, like the slower paced ones can really drag down on me sometimes. And I'm like, all right, we got to pick up the pace. Um, this was a nice, this movie, this series had a nice balance and I just really enjoyed it. So awesome that, uh, I feel I haven't seen that series. I feel like I've seen clips from it. Isn't it kind of known for really cool combinations of, uh, you know, 2d, uh, anime art as well as like 3d, uh, animated, uh, mech robots and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, yes. And it's very, the, the art style is just really cool in general. So nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. All right. So what's your next one? So my next, uh, my next pick is total recall. Um, this movie, and I'm talking about the eighties, uh, Arnold, uh, one. Yeah. This movie I love. This is my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I really think it's forgot about this movie. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay. It won't, it won't change my list. Um, this movie is just cool. I like the whole, um, the whole sort of like recall thing and like, I guess like the whole like memory implantation aspect of it, as well as the whole, like, 
you know, what in this movie actually happened? Spoiler alerts. Did any of this happen? Was any of it real or was all of it real? Um, But also just the world that they live in. Like, it's very chaotic, but I like that there's sort of uh, there's Earth and then there's people living on Mars and there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in between. So I really like all the future elements of this and all the sort of uh, mutants and like different kinds of characters in the movie. But uh, I think my favorite aspect of this movie isn't necessarily the futuristic aspects of it. And it's just that this movie makes you think Um, this is a movie that it's an eighties Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie, but it has a really complex plot and it has an open ending and it's a movie that you see and it makes you have a lot of questions, but it also leaves you thinking like, like just what I said, like what happened in this movie, what didn't. And, uh, also just sort of the, uh, you know, technology, futuristic technological moral conundrums that, uh, this movie touches on as well. So I, I, I really like this one. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on total recall um, at all. Talk total recall plenty. So I'm not going to really add. Um, so I agree with everything you said. Um, I will <laughs> point out, I will point out that the total recall that you're referring to takes place in the year 2084. Okay. However, however the remake, interestingly enough, takes place in the year 2112. All right. <laughs> I just thought that was. In, I, I was like, oh, they don't take place in the same year. That's interesting. So that says. So whoever wrote the uh, remake was like, we're going to need a little more time to get <laughs> some of this stuff set up. <laughs> yeah. I don't right. think we'll. I don't think we'll have Mars colonized by then. But yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So my next pick for the night is the movie Ghost in the Shell. Uh, oh, nice. Which, whether you're watching the animated version or the live-action version, they both take place in the year 2029. We're not far off. Um, but uh, I've and I've talked um, ad nauseum about Ghost in the Shell, how much I enjoy it, the art style, the uh, the robots, like all that stuff. It's just it, that's just a. I just really, really enjoyed that movie when I watched it originally, the anime, and then I thought the live-action was a really good adaptation of it. Um, so yeah, Ghost in the Shell. Nice. Have you ever watched the anime series for Ghost in the Shell? I've watched parts of it, but it's kind of lengthy. I've always wanted to go back and watch it. I'm actually, yeah. because I've been playing so much Kingdom Hearts lately, I've been kind of on like this anime kick. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and like because Kingdom Hearts is essentially all the Final Fantasy characters and some new ones created for the series put in the world of Disney. So it's like half Disney, but then it's like half anime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with the crazy like weapons and swords and all that nonsense going on in those games, I'm like, I've just been on this anime thing lately. It's been interesting. Um, nice. So, yeah, no, I, I might actually try and track down and watch Ghost in the Shell. Um, but there's like I got to figure out which one comes first. So there's like I think there's three different series. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Anyway. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it either, but uh, I hear great things. Um, but I could move into my next pick if you want. Yeah. Um, another movie I'm pretty sure we've talked on the show before. <laughs> Most of my lists, honestly, are. But uh, I went with Fifth Element. Um, and ah. this is another one, just the futuristic environments, um, you know, all the different uh, aliens and different species, the uh, sort of just space opera epic sort of uh Die hard I guess epicness of it. Yeah. Um, I just really enjoy. I, I also like that this movie is very detailed. Like you can go to different parts of the movie. You can, you know, rewatch the um, the opera singer sequence and interpret it in different ways. And uh, yeah, this is I love the opera singer sequence, by the way. 
Absolutely. Yeah, they nailed like, that's it. Such a, that's such a cool sequence. And like, not just necessarily because it's like juxtaposed with a fight scene and stuff, but like the opera, like the song is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was going to touch on that actually too. Like they, they really did well with the music, uh, especially at that part. But in general in the movie, I think they did a great job, but this is one of the, this movie came out, I believe in the late nineties. And I feel like it's just really, um, stood the test of time for me where I still love this movie. I'm always happy to watch it. And it's, um, it's just really good for what it is. And there wasn't a lot of sort of epic space opera esque things coming out at that time, you know? Um, and this just did a really good job of it. What's that? Good guess in the late nineties. It came out in 97. Nice. Do you know when it's set in? Did we yes, go over that? It, yet? Is, it is set in the year 2263. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know if, the, I hope our listeners aren't like bored of this. I just thought that was, I thought that'd be just a really cool thing to know in these movies. No, I think it's a, I think it's a good touch. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So the next one on my list is um, The Book of Eli. Oh, cool. Do you ever watch this? Uh, no, you told me about it. Yeah, I don't know why I said cool because I haven't seen it, but I remembered you br- you brought it up on a different. This episode. is a this is a very this is a very be- uh very bleak movie about the future. Um, it's set in the year twenty forty three, so again we're not too far away. Um, but uh, Book of Eli is um, it's basically like this post apocalyptic wasteland dystopian future kind of thing, and uh, he's trying to deliver this book um and when you find out what book it is um it's kind of got this really like profound moment of you're just like huh that's interesting and then you really like think about the fact that of what it is and why like you know when you find out what book it is you really have this profound moment of like understanding what it is and why and that's where the movie like really gets you but you don't find that out until the end and it'll make you reevaluate everything you saw so it's one of those movies like you're going to watch it all the way through and then you're going to go hold on i need to watch that again um i really enjoyed this movie um a lot uh i think i've seen it like maybe five times now it's it's really good denzel's amazing in it uh gary oldman is always fantastic because he's gary oldman um and then mila kunis is in it she's really good she's really good too um because before i don't i don't know if i'd ever seen her in anything but like comedies before i saw that movie um before i saw her in that movie like she was always a comedic actor to me um so i i really dug it so definitely check out book of eli nice yeah sounds awesome (laughs) um yeah right all right so go ahead you're up Oh, uh, so my next pick I went with, uh, I feel like we might match on this one, but I went with ready player one. Um, I'm hoping I'm not, (laughs) I'm hoping I'm not ruining your last pick, but this is just a really fun movie. We've talked about it a ton on the show. Um, I especially love, uh, all the scenes in the Oasis. I think the graphics, just the CG graphics are so cool looking. Um, and it's just kind of like a really cool, like nerdy fantasy of this awesome like expansive open world uh video game you know environment that we all want to live in we all want the oasis to be here and it's not yet but uh and that's really the futuristic aspects of this movie that i love is the uh the oasis and just thinking about being able to experience video games like that i just think that's just such a cool concept and so awesome to think about and uh yeah i don't what do you what are your thoughts on this one drew um, well, if you go back to listening to the beginning of the show, um, this was like my favorite movie <laughs> of 2018. Uh, yeah. 
And um, I've talked ad nauseum about how much I love this series. So if you're a first time listener, I love, love this movie. It's one of the best things that came out of the year 2018. Um, it's the movie that really proves that we can argue all we want. DC, Marvel, Halo, Call of Duty. It doesn't matter what you're arguing about. All of it's awesome. And we all like our things because we like our things for our own reasons. And it's amazing. And I like Star Wars because I like Star Wars. You like Harry Potter because you like Harry Potter. And what we find in the common ground is we both like these things that we like. And um, one of the things I loved about the movie was how was how it really like set us in that um, ideal of basically everything's awesome. Like the Lego movie had it right. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I don't know what else to say about ready player one. Cause I've said so much um, and I can't wait. To <laughs> yeah. talk, and I can't wait to talk ready player two when the movie comes out. Um, but Absolutely. I will say that this movie, this is an interesting one because the movie is partial flashback because they have to tell you the story of the game developer that created the game. And then you get to see where it goes. The movie actually takes place over the course of the years, 2025 to 2045. Okay. So, um, hopefully we're closer to the Oasis and cause we're not far away from <laughs> four more years. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so yeah, I just want the Oasis, right? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So speak, but real quick, speaking of video games before we move on, because we're on a video game thing, um, quick side tangent. Um, my kid's birthday, um, is this week. And uh, he really, really wanted a PlayStation 5 for Christmas and decided to ask me about it a week before Christmas. And <laughs> the problem with that is no one can get a PlayStation 5. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, it's out. Just no one can get them. Um, so, and the reason he wanted it is because he wanted the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. Okay. Um, so then I'm at a New Year's Eve gathering um, a, a socially distanced New Year's Eve gathering, and I'm talking to someone at the party, and uh, my friend comes walking around the corner, and he's like, "Dude, why won't you buy your kid the new Spider-Man game?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Let's pump the brakes real quick. It's a PlayStation-only game." And then in that, he's like, "Oh, I see." Um, I'm like, "It has nothing to do with me not letting him have the game. It's the I'd have to buy a system to get the game." Um, turns out the game is also on PlayStation 4. So that being said, my son decided he wanted to use his Christmas money to help pay for the PlayStation 4 as an early birthday present. So he actually was able to pay for a third of it, um, wow. which was interesting. So I was like, wow, good job saving your money. You want to teach your kids to earn a dollar. So that being said, I now have a PlayStation 4 in my house. He got the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. I've watched him play it. It's awesome. Um, but that means that I can now get Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I already got for myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm excited to play that. So That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Quick side note. I just had to bring it up. I was like, whoa, we're talking video games. I need to talk about this real quick. <laughs> So um, I can't wait to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I got to give him his let him get the mileage on the PS4 before I sit down and play that. So, And that's uh, why you're playing through Kingdom Hearts. Right and that's now. why I'm playing through <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, right? <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, so this since we matched on Ready Player One, I talked about the year. I got to throw this back to you for your final pick of the night. 
Yep. And uh, my final pick is the movie you pointed out early earlier that you didn't choose, but I went with Back to the Future 2. Uh, oh, and this, this is, is your, one. This is your cheat, basically. Yeah, this is just I had to pick it. I know. And I even thought along the same lines as you were talking about, I was like, well, the whole movie isn't really in the future. You know, there is just that one uh, sequence. But at the same time, this is a movie I grew up with. And this is the movie that like or this is one of the movies that really made me love the idea of the future and what is it going to be like someday? And, you know, when are we going to get hoverboards? You know, I'm still waiting for, you know, proper hoverboards and stuff like that. But it's just like so much of the technology and the aesthetic of it and stuff. Just I feel like it was just so ingrained on me in my life and uh, the things I went on to love. And I just I couldn't pick a movie about the few about you know movies about the future without mentioning this one just because of how iconic you know the clothes were and the hoverboard and uh, the flying cars and everything and uh, it just had to make my list you know what I mean? No, I hear you. Um, and it's nice to hear you say that because that's a good point about saying it made you think about the future in a world where you would uh, you know because you probably saw that movie when you were young and then it's like oh wait hold yeah. on. It's like this future reality and going there and like cool stuff that like I haven't seen before. And that's and a, it's that's something nice. it's it's something nice. like, oh, sorry, no. it's something where we, we grew up with Star Wars and like, yes, yeah, Star Wars is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But it does have that futuristic sci fi feel, but it's still on planets that we've never been to. But that future sequence and back to the future, too. That's on Earth, you know, you could feel like it was in within your grasp. And, you know, someday I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be in my 20s. <laughs> you know, that's probably what I was thinking back then. Like, right. yeah, by the time I'm like 20, we're going to already have all this stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's just it just felt like it was within your grasp. And I was just looking forward to uh, getting my hands on some of this future tech so bad. Uh, but, yeah, what were you saying? What were you saying? I feel like I interrupted you a little bit there. No, you're fine. Um, it's uh I'm going to correct you real quick. Star Wars is set in the past. I, I, I said that. I said it's a oh, long you did? time okay, ago sorry. on a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, I, I was saying that was like the um, other. I, I misheard and was like, wait, did you just say? So, all right. No, no. My, my, my point was like that's like the other movie series that I would have watched as a kid and yeah, made me yeah, think yeah. about the future, even though it's technically in the past. But it's still it's still on other planets and stuff. And you can't re- relate to it and feel like it's within your grasp as much. So, <laughs> right, right. I hear you. Um, so back to the future Two, the future sequence takes place in the year 2015. Um, yep. so we've already lived through it, but it was interesting to get to that date when we lived through that part of 2015, October 21st, 2015 specifically to look around and what, um, what did back to the future Two get correct? You know what I mean? Like that's, that was kind of cool what they got correct, what they didn't get correct. Um, the fact that they were a year off um, of the Cubs, of their prediction of the Cubs winning the World Series is just mind blowing a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So. Um, all right. So my pick for the end of the night. Yeah. All right. So I was going to say Ready Player One for the end, but you had a good point as to pulling it early and uh, back to the future. So. Um, the last one I was going to talk about tonight is a movie called Children of Men. Have you ever seen this? No, I've heard great things like this has okay. come highly recommended. I've just uh, yeah, I just haven't had the chance to see it, I guess. This this, this movie, this movie is fantastic. Uh, Clive Owen, Michael Caine, um, 
Uh, Julianne Moore is in it. Um, the movie takes place in the year 2027, so we're not far away. Um, but uh, it's it taught it's the big thing going on in the world. This is there's a crazy political thing going on, but at the same time, there hasn't been a natural birth of a child. And when I say natural, like we're talking possibly cloning, we're talking like um, there hasn't been like a, a woman giving birth to a child that wasn't like dealt with by like um, hospitals and stuff like that. Like women had basically had become, quote unquote, infertile and haven't given birth for um, a decade when this at the yeah. time of the movie. Um, and Clive Owen uh stumble um unfortunately he like he's the main character but unfortunately for him he stumbles on this pregnant woman who's about to give birth and she's going to be the first human birth um within that decade or whatever and she becomes a protected asset and there's a war going on and they're all concerned about people finding out about her existence about the child's existence and so on and so on and it's like this race against time um there is a sequence in the movie that is first off it's utterly gripping to watch but it is one of the craziest camera techniques I've ever seen in a film. There was a point in time when you would go watch Star Wars and you're going to go, how the heck did they do that? And that's what got you into movies. And there's several film directors that are that say that, oh, my God, how they do that. That's what got me into movies. There is a group of film directors out there now that all watched Children of Men, saw that sequence and went, how in the world did they do that? And then it made them get into the films. Um, Children of Men is a movie that kind of falls under that line of um, I'm in the industry because of this movie. Um, I highly recommend everyone watch watch it. It's it's a little bit of a it's kind of got an indie feel to it because it doesn't feel as big budget blockbustery as some movies do. Um but the sequence, I'll kind of describe the sequence to you. It's a harrowing, like, car chase sequence. But there's a scene where the camera, it's like the camera's in the car, kind of over the shoulder of the driver and the passenger. And something, something's going on. And the camera does this pan where it hits the driver. Then it kind of turns to the passenger and continues to turn and shows you everything going on in the back seat and around to the outside of the car and then back to the driver. Which means sometimes <laughs> With everyone in the car, you can't figure out where the cameraman was. Um, <laughs> and, and it's an amazing, like the way the way the camera pans around and shows you everything, you're going to go, when you see the scene, if your brain catches it, you're going to go, how in the world did they do that? Um, and it's awesome. So, um, but yeah, Children of Men uh, was my final pick of the night, so. Awesome. Well, I want to watch it now and I really want to keep my eyes open for that scene specifically, too. Um, so, yeah, that sounds great. I just yeah, haven't seen that one. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. yeah. No, I, I hear you. And I'm not sure where you would find it to watch it. Um, it's a little slow going at first, but it gets really gripping really fast. It's it's a really, really good movie. So nice. Um, all right, man. Well, what are we doing next week? Yeah, so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we haven't done this week, this list yet. And I know a while ago we did our top five favorite TV series finales. Um, and I kind of wanted to flip uh, that coin around and do our top five favorite 
pilot episodes from a TV mm. show. Um, so this, I think, would be a fun one because it, you could go into, you know, pilot episodes typically are kind of rough, too. You know, you know, a lot of times the first episode of the show has it, you know, the pilot might have a lower budget or the show hasn't found its footing yet. But yeah. uh, it'd be kind of cool to talk about, like, which first episodes do you think they really hit the mark on and maybe really sold you on the show? You know, it's, I think yeah. it'd be fun to talk about that. That's actually cool. Um, I'm going to say this every now and then, however, a show gets a two episode pilot. Yeah. Uh, Lost is a really good example of it because it was a two episode pilot. So in terms of discussing the pilot story arc, if the show you're referring to does have a two episode pilot, I would say it's okay to discuss both those episodes as a single episode. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's the only thing I was going to add to that was I know that Lost wasn't the only one. It was just the first one off the top of my head. I was like, oh, wait, that one had a two episode pilot. So I don't want to judge. I didn't want to. I don't want to judge it off of the first episode alone. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to point out for sure. But yeah, Uh I'm I'm totally cool with that. Okay, yeah. And we haven't because we just did the finales one. So, um Sorry, I'm writing down uh, TV pilots onto our spreadsheet for next week. So, yeah, nice. man, we're good. Um, another episode in the can. Sweet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, there's a quick pause there. Yeah, another episode done. Um, you ready to toss this away and call it a night? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, do us all a favor, everyone, and check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, uh, top5report at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our email or our social media. Either one works. Um, We are on uh, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us there. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, You can also leave us a review. Uh, We appreciate we love the five stars but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say sound important um you can follow me personally on twitter and instagram at drew 3927 uh peter oh yeah you can uh, follow me on twitter at ninja pierre and that's where i will be live tweeting the next episode of ow my balls <laughs> <laughs> all right um <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, um, thank you for listening. Uh, For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a good week.